Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets show where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and how to double your revenue, double your impact and double your time off. In today's episode, we've got Peggy Brown. Peggy Brown is a dentist specializing in orthodontics and smile design. Now, she's graduated from Dalhousie Dental School in 2001 and started working with a partner in a group practice. And in that practice, she realized that her vision focuses on designing smiles and so decided to create her own clinic. Peggy also lectures on digital workflow, digital smile design, and marketing with social media. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Thank you. Thank you, James. It's nice to be here. Yeah. So the reason I got you on the show is because I wanted to really talk and dive deep into dental marketing, dental practices. And I think that not a lot of people are talking about this enough. We've got a lot of sort of old school practice development gurus out there who are, who are teaching things that just maybe aren't going to work the same way going forward, especially with the pandemic crisis at the moment and how we connect with our clients, build communities, things like that. And so what I wanted you to kind of do first is just give us a bit of a rundown uh, on your background and how you got to where you are to give our audience some context. Yes. So my name is uh, Dr. Peggy Bound. I know it does. I'm going to tell you, it does get mistaken for Brown, but there is no R in my last name. So no, for, no worries. It happens all the time. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's totally fine. But, you know, I grew up in a little rural community in the most easterly province of Canada in Newfoundland. And I moved to New Brunswick, wanted to become a dentist my whole life. But I wanted to become a dentist, not for the reasons you would think, you know, do I want to have a good job. And I wanted to become a dentist because I wanted to change public perceptions or make an impact and make people feel like I was made to feel, which was, wow, this is a cool place to be. So I knew there was some potential for that. And then of course I loved art and, and everything. So I thought it could be a little artistic. That's how I got into smile design, by the way. But, you know, I really wanted to um, do something different. I always wanted that. When I graduated from Dalhousie in 2001, so I've been doing this almost 20 years, I went into a group practice like most dentists do, and we just I just did the day in, day out dentistry. I did a lot of photography, I love that, but I really just was a general dentist like most of us will graduate, and mm. we just have so much to learn. And I guess, you know, 10 or 12 years into my career, I was having kids and all that, but then I was starting to really see and take other courses, advanced courses in, you know, more complex cases and, and aesthetics and things like that. And it led me to eventually in 2015, opening a brand new state-of-the-art practice, which was very forward, very digital, very um, modern and almost spa-like, although I don't call it a spa, but it's very it's a different experience when you come here from the moment you walk in to the, your senses, the things you'll smell, see, or not smell because dentistry doesn't smell very good. Most clinics don't, but we make sure that we create it like a really amazing experience and it's different. So we do have a lot of patients will say, I've never been in a dental clinic like this before, or I've never had anyone explain that. And we have, I've invested in a lot of technology and things like that, that will allow me to wow the patient from the get-go so their very first visit the word wow comes out of their mouth many times now most i don't know again i am biased because i don't get to go to a clinic or be that patient but generally a lot of patients you know they know they have to see the dentist they get in there it's the same thing they've always done they've always and they expect it and they don't expect anything greater but i like to it's an element of delight or surprise and i really do focus on a sensory experience, but also just that caring and, and the showing them that we care about the modern and what's really available in the world right now and giving them our yeah. very best. 
So I opened that clinic. Uh, it's been five years uh, in May that we opened that. And, you know, I knew that people needed to know who I was. No one knew. I was just that dentist in the general practice. So what got me into marketing specifically, it was that I know not only was opening my own clinic, I needed to let everybody know who I was and what that clinic was about. So yeah. I began with Facebook like you would and then Instagram shortly after. I did so well with Instagram that I was lecturing about it within like a year and a half because none of my colleagues, and I was part of some really big groups of dentists across Canada and the US especially, and everybody was like, how are you doing that? Why are you, you, know, why are you doing that? So we started that way. And my interest in it just is very, I'm very passionate about sharing that dentistry is good and dentistry can be better, but also I just love the element of being creative. So I yeah. have that brain, so it kind of works with me. And guess what? It also helps me grow and explode my business. So it's just been incredible seeing the change in five years. I can't imagine if I hadn't done it, but the drive was to make sure that people knew who I was because I was just another dentist in a general practice. So it just came out of, okay, I just opened this clinic. Nobody knows how I'm here. So I didn't even put my phone number in the telephone book. I was so over that. I felt that that was not a very good way to show people who I was. So I went on and did um, a lot of other platforms. I have a YouTube channel as well, Peggy Bound Dentistry. You know, I use LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, yeah, someday maybe I'll have a podcast. You never know. <laughs> Where are you getting most of your traction from at the moment? Is it Instagram or is it YouTube? Right now it's Instagram since uh, the pandemic. Instagram has blown up. I've also had more time to focus on it and really mm. create even better strategies than I ever had. So I can get into how much I'm posting and what I'm posting, but what I've done with Instagram, I cannot believe what's happening with Instagram. Now, I do have to say I've always done really well engaging. I'm very, very good at engaging with anybody on any platform. The YouTube channel has only been the last year, and that is slower. Again, it's like it's sort of it's a 10-minute long video about dentistry. Sometimes I'm not sure. I'm still playing with what types of topics and things that I should be doing there. Maybe you have some advice. But I really know that I'm starting to have patients say, oh, I saw your videos on YouTube and uh, those things are happening. But the most momentum I'm getting right now is from Instagram. And really it's been, you know, almost five years of really working really hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So when you're doing Instagram, what sort of things are you doing? Because I think a lot of people get confused with social media. They think I'm just going to post a bunch of random crap, things that get engagement, but don't often result in clients. Like, pictures of cats, memes, sharing articles, things like that. And so when you're posting, you're obviously getting clients out of it. People are engaging. What sort of things are you doing to get engagement that ultimately leads to clients? First of all, I feel that my own personality is a brand and I've recognized that, that there's certain things that I like to share and show. So it's kind of breaks down into a couple of different areas. I know some dentists and some very successful dentists have Instagram accounts that are all teeth. They're all smiles. Mm. Um, you know, again, the cosmetic dentist is what you expect when you go there. But the type of ideal client for me is someone who I also resonate with, like who cares about health, who cares about beautiful things. So I'm putting my smiles in before and afters, but there's usually a story attached I find writing good copy is extremely important and that's becoming better and better. The stories are crucial. I find I'm always, you know, trying to lead people to the feed through my stories. I do up to 10 stories a day. I don't usually always do 10, 
although Gary V, I think, will have us do more. But, uh, you know, it's thinking about what's going on in the clinic, what's exciting, trying to walk through the clinic or bring things to people's attention that I know is exciting. You know, Instagram is one of those things. It kind of can look like it's just this perfect world. I do sometimes I go direct to camera and I'll talk and, you know, just say what's going on, those types of things. I haven't done that as much lately, but I do a lot of um, trying to let them know who I am because I, I think it's important if you if you like what I have to say and you you see me in a, in a different ways and not just showing you my before and after smiles, then the patient is more likely to become resonate with me. But on top of that, since the pandemic began, I set up through a link in my bio, through my link tree, virtual consults. So I'm always encouraging people, you know, if you want to meet with me, uh, you can have a 10, 15 minute consult free of charge. And those are really taking off. Like I do, uh, I don't know, maybe a lot because I'm seeing patients too, but I do at least six a week. And then when I was actually closed, uh, we did a promotion through that. And I, I took on like 30 new Invisalign cases in two weeks. So mm. just setting up things in a way that it makes it easy for the client or for the viewer to click a link in the bio to easily get to where they want to go. Because if you're not careful, some people I've seen put links in the copy or they've put they don't make it easy for the person who's interested to get to them quickly and make that decision, then you kind of lose them. But I do know that, you know, you've got to think about, you know, the IGTV, the stories and the feed and not just trying to always just thinking about one thing. I notice a lot of dentists are not really doing a lot of stories sometimes, and then they're just posting in the feed and it's very, it's not authentic. It's could be memes. It could be, I just, again, that's just me. I don't think that that really converts. I think they want to really be able to see through the Instagram, through the platform, what it's like to talk to you, to um, understand you and understand what you can do for them. So you've got to make it a bit of a mix, but that's, that's just me. Fundamentally, you're setting yourself apart from other practitioners as people, not necessarily focusing on all the features of what you're doing. What, what a lot of people do is they try and be feature oriented. I have the latest machines. I'm better. I'm better. But ultimately there is a, a benchmark and it's like a dentist can help me and sure one's probably going to be a bit better, but why would I choose you comes down to I've connected with you. I want to meet you. I want to see you. And this is why you'll notice, especially for the listeners, right? You'll notice that in your, in your practices, you might have multiple practitioners, but people choose to see you or someone else, even though fundamentally you can all do the same thing. And that's because once they know that you can solve the problem, you can produce an outcome to some degree that they would be happy with, they're looking for the feeling they get when they connect with you, the practitioner. And so when you're doing your Instagram, and this is especially for the listeners, you've got your Instagram TV, which is your longer form videos. You've got your feed, which is kind of snapshots, but it's more historical. Uh, And then you've got your story, which is usually kind of what you're doing right now is a great opportunity for that. It's personality building. It's in the moment. And so when you're thinking about doing social media, it's not about planning out a bunch of content and then posting a bunch of content. It's about thinking how can I connect with this individual person who's on the other side of this thing looking at me? How can I build personality? How I can connect with them, engage with them, and then obviously make offers and, and you know, show pictures of teeth in, in your case, right? Yes. I think that when you're realizing the, the mindset of your ideal client and where they're at, they've got a problem. My teeth are not straight. I'm not confident. I'm not happy. I want to change something, right? I'm not feeling good. They're wanting to 
look at stuff that makes them feel good, but no one wants to look at teeth all day because once you've seen some success stories, it's kind of a dime a dozen, you know, and you could Google that stuff. You want things that are uh, emotion filled. You've got somebody who's had horrible teeth for a long time and they get their new smile and they're crying. That would be a better post than just another person who's got more straight teeth. And that, and that is what we do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so then when you tie that in with what you're doing, right, building personality, things that you're sharing that you care about, you're polarizing the marketplace because too many of us just are super vanilla in the middle. And if you go onto the standard practice website, the standard practice social media, it's all the same and you can't really tell them apart except for the name. So to stand out, it needs to be all about you. We used to make it about the practice and that's coming back to the practitioner and being all about you and your personality and showing that. So with what you're doing, showing things about you know, your own life, what you're up to, things you care about, that's what that, it's about. It is. And I, I want them to resonate or feel like they get to know me. And you know, the virtual consults, two things, the virtual consults that I've been doing have made me feel much better too. It's like I'm qualifying patients, like we're interviewing each other. So I'm the comfort of their home. They get to actually meet me from, and this is all because of the, you know, the Instagram is, is setting it up so easily. It doesn't interfere with my day-to-day or my receptions. They just actually book themselves an appointment with me. And once they get to know me and I get to, to hear, I think one of my strengths, of course, though, Luckily, maybe luckily, or just like through my lifetime has been to connect with people. So it, it works good for, works great for me. And to be able to do that, the virtual consults, usually I'm very confident that they're the right type of patient or client for me. And they're all, I'm also the right kind of dentist for them. And when they do get here and they've already met me, imagine you're walking in and you've never been to a new place. You already, you already know a face, mm. especially dentists. It's just, huge, right? So that gets me to my other point, though, of being uh, right now in the last year, I've, well, I've been doing this for four years now is um, what's called digital smile design. And we became an official digital smile design clinic. There is one in New Zealand, there's maybe one or two, actually, I have to think. Uh, there are dental clinics that are now I've become a brand, of course, of that type of dentistry, but I'm still a big part of it. But the digital smile design, what it does is it it allows patients to experience something on an emotional level. So they get to experience their smile. They get to, you know, really test drive it. And we find that it's those emotions and, and connecting with the patients that's actually identifying us as different. So not a lot mm-hmm. of dentists do that. They say, you know what, I can give you veneers. Don't worry, uh, you'll love them. And they start and they lay back and they say, and you sit them up, you're hoping you like them. So we really try to go above and beyond from the moment you walk in. Again, maybe you've already met me. We talk about what you want. I design you something, you get to actually try it in your mouth. It's a very beautiful presentation that we do for our patients. And then they're emotionally connected. I get, you know, a very high conversion of people just finding a way to to buy it because it just works. That emotional connection, like you said, is what is an important part of it besides my personality or, or the clinic's um, culture, you yeah. know? You're buying in emotionally and then you're justifying with logic. No one buys yeah. a Ferrari because the tires yeah. are good and the brakes are good. You know what I mean? Like, And if you are thinking about buying a Ferrari and you're using that logic, it's because you've already emotionally bought into it a while ago and you've just forgotten that it's because it goes fast and it looks cool. You know what I mean? So... I think that we forget that we, we make it very transactional. We look at, you know, the features of what we're doing and how I can produce the result. And what we need to be focusing on is the story and the emotional buy-in. Why does this person want it? 
Why does this person need it in their lives? What's it going to um, mean to them? Like, what's it, how exactly. is it going to Like, they envision it. They will do anything to keep that feeling. And it needs to be part of their story. It can't be our perception of their story. So the languaging we use is super important, uh, how we tell the story. So it starts with, I do an exercise with my clients called um, your ideal client profile, which is understanding at an emotional level where they're at, what they're trying to achieve and what's the gap that exists between the two of them so that you can bridge it with what you're doing. Because then when you're marketing to them, you're communicating in a very powerful way that literally bridges the gap. They see it. And they're here and it's like, do I go down the hill and go through all the prickly bushes and the rocks and stub my toe to get up up the other side? Or do I just pay the toll and go across the bridge that we've already built for them? What it does is it, it kind of lines them up like a scope, right? Like on a rifle, you're looking through one end to look out the other end to, to see where you're going. And so where this ties in is, is to everything. Like it's not just your social media feed. This whole concept applies to the moment they come into the practice interactions they have with you, what you do on social media, your video content, et cetera. And so a point that I want to make about this is you don't need to be a personality, right? You don't need to be this version of yourself that you think that people are going to care about and follow just because you're following influences. You need to be you because then you can maintain it. It's easy. You know what I mean? Like if I was sitting here a certain way and trying to be a certain, it's, it's hard, it's tiring and then you get sick of it and then you lose energy and you don't want to do it anymore. And then you, yeah. it doesn't work. And so then you say, oh, social media doesn't work. It's like, no, you're just doing it wrong because you're trying to be something. And what matters is just, and it sounds, it sounds lame, but what matters is just being you because ultimately yeah. that's the thing you can sustain because that's who you are. And so it makes your life a hell of a lot easier. And if you're boring, that's okay because you will connect with people who connect with that and you'll be busy anyway. So stop trying to be fancy because you're not going to be able to sustain it. So that's great advice. So when you're, when you're posting on, on social media, especially like Instagram is very, it's very in, in the moment. It's very behind the scenes. Facebook's turned a bit more from, you know, what am I having for lunch? Like it used to be where it was in the moment to now Instagram's kind of replaced that Facebook's more, you know, you're posting up an article, you're posting up a video. It's more along the lines of YouTube. YouTube is kind of search-based, right? People are looking for things. They're looking for uh, education and entertainment, but you don't tend to browse through a whole lot of YouTube videos on someone's profile, unless you're assessing something to make a decision or to buy into them, right. And learn from them, unless there's a lot of entertainment that's involved. Whereas Instagram, I think, especially for us as health professionals, like you can't having like a a vlog on YouTube where you're recording your life and things like that. It's going to be harder for most of us to achieve that with our busy schedules. Whereas with Instagram, it's like, what are you doing right now? And you just pull out your phone and record a story and it's perfect. Yeah, it's you know? So what's your kind of ratio, if you will, in your posting? Like, how do you plan out? Because there, there has to be a plan. How do you plan out what you're doing with Instagram to know and build a routine of actually, you know, mm-hmm. jumping in and I'm going to do stories, I'm going to do some posts, I'm going to do some IGTV. Like, how do you kind of plan that out? Okay, so my stories are very spontaneous, first of all. So the stories, the daily stories are generally, there's hardly ever pre-planned. It's usually something that happens that day. You know, I'm careful to make it not too over. Like some, I've done stories where they've been almost like a carousel, but too much. And then I realize, oh, no one's really going to like click that many times. So I try to pay attention to my own habits when I'm looking through. So I want to make it so that it's very simple. It's not too many words. It's, it's very 
beautiful and or informational something that will get them but i don't want to overload them because people will will actually you know block you or whatever but then my main feed what we do is we do batch a bunch of nice shots could be shots around the clinic um things that we're doing video we'll also repurpose content we'll take video from a youtube video or we'll take video and we'll make it the b-roll in the in the youtube or the secondary kind of video in a YouTube, but we try to repurpose as much as possible, but we may generally will we'll take a number of shots ahead of time. So maybe once a month, do a number of photos of things about the clinic. It could be cases that I'm working on. It might be just images of the clinic, could be images of us working, our team, and then roll that out. We do generally post on the main feed every day of the week. However, I know that's not necessary totally, but in the past it was about two to three times a week. So I do think that's pretty good. And then you don't use up all your photos too quickly. But then for each photo, I'll create like what I call the copy. Like I'll, I'll make something up. It could be something I'm thinking of. It could be, and I just try to create something sort of engaging, but like just letting them know what my thoughts are on a certain subject. It could be, you know, how much I'm attached to my phone. It could be anything, but it doesn't have to be specifically dentistry and smiles all the time. I will, in some cases say, you know, there's a link in my bio, if you want to learn more, or please leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. I try to make the first line of the copy in the main feed, the first few words so that it's captivating. So it's a little bit more, they'll want to stop and they'll click it to get more. So don't mm. make the very first few words. Don't waste those words on something that just you're taking forever to, to introduce what you're talking about. So those types of things, always usually trying to put the location and things like that. And then with the IGTV, uh, which is, the Instagram TV, we will repurpose uh, YouTube video clips. So we'll take a YouTube video that's 10 minutes and we'll, we'll kind of make it shorter. And then that'll also kind of make people again, aware that we have a YouTube channel and those kinds of things. Is that your question? Yeah. I might've got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that because when we look at social media, we often think, uh, and I'm just thinking about, you know, all of my clients that, you know, that I push into this stuff and say, Hey, look, you need to be doing more of this for the long-term gain. And it's automatically like this, massive wall in, in front of us like holy crap how are we going to do all this stuff and i think that what people need to realize is it comes down to two things gary v talks about this which is document don't create so don't plan out a whole lot of stuff instead document the thoughts and feelings uh, and actions that you're having and doing because people want to know about that and secondly when you are creating it shouldn't be a i'm going to create something brand new it should be from an existing insight an existing objection and an existing thing that you already know about that you batch create and that's my second point is batch creation so spend one day a month and go okay well if i'm doing three of these types of posts a week i'm going to make 12 of them, right? And so you just spend one day, you make 12 posts and it's done. And now you've got a month's worth of content and you just wait for the next day to do that. If that's too daunting, start with batching one week in advance until you get good at it. And then you can just do one month, three months in advance, that kind of thing. You don't want to do too far in advance because things then become not relevant and it can hurt. But as long as it's standard kind of FAQ style objection-based content, which is always relevant, evergreen, then yeah, sure, you can batch out longer. But in general, just batch a month or two in advance of that kind of content. So if you know that you're going to like of the last six months, you've got a, a couple killer testimonials or, you know, before and afters in your case type thing uh, with teeth, then you can just take that. You can turn those into posts and now you've got a bunch of them and you're going to seed those out. I recommend 
it shouldn't all be one type of post. So don't do, you know, a whole lot of just testimonial based stuff. It needs to be intermingled with other content. And that's your kind of batched content, your pre-done stuff. Everything else is just on a rhythm of what you're thinking and feeling in the moment. And so when you're looking at doing your, your stories, for example, set an alarm for yourself, 9am, you know, 12pm, 3pm. I do, I do set alarms. It's yeah. so funny you say that. <laughs> it's like, what, what am I doing right now? Or should I have to do a, a story? Uh, you know, I'm just having lunch and I'm eating this and it gets stuck in my teeth. Um, what you might not know is that blah, blah, blah. You know, you just do something that doesn't have to always, again, it doesn't have to always be business related. Sometimes personality is important. So I'm doing this because I like it not because of anything else, because people want to, we're all voyeurs at heart. We want to sit and watch. That's why, you know, keeping up the Kardashians is a massive show and like people are guilty of watching it and you hate yourself for it, whatever, but it's like, you're still interested. You want to know what's going on. But they're just being, well, I'm not sure how natural, but authenticity, I guess maybe is what you're getting at. Like just be, Mm. just letting them know what you're thinking and what, what you're thinking, what you're doing, what you care about. Because ultimately, if they're going to spend thousands of dollars with you and you're going to do stuff to their teeth and you're going to potentially either change their life positively or negatively, there's always fears. And especially in in the industry, you know, um, as my parents would say, it used to be called the murder house, right? Um, (laughs) Back in their day where they didn't have, you know, injectables and things like that for pain and they just ripping teeth. And so there's this cultural, it might be different, you know, where you are, but there's, uh, and where my listeners are, but there's this cultural thing sometimes of fear of going to the dentist. Oh God, it's going to be expensive. Oh God, it's yeah, going to hurt. I'm worried. I want to make mm. sure I can feel better about that. And so especially in your case, surgery is another one. Plastic surgery is a really good example. Both of them are creative based and there's a lot of emotion around it. But if you're a body worker or a nutritionist or a chiropractor, you're trying to get someone to connect with you because if they trust you, then they'll trust whatever you do. And most of us try and build up the trust of the thing, not us. And it's not the right way to do it because all it takes is a bad experience to then the whole trust of the thing is gone. That's why, you know, if you trust your pilot, then you're more likely to be happy going in the plane if you have fear of flying, not trusting the plane because, well, it could break. (laughs) You know? Yeah, but I think building relationships is what, like, I was built to do. Like, I love to build relationships Mm. with people. And so a lot of times, even I can even tell a patient, you know, this, I haven't really done many cases like this, but I've already built enough of a rapport with them. That's just, again, that doesn't happen all the time, but I usually feel like I have enough of a good relationship with a patient that I can be honest about, you know, I actually not sure right now, or I, will you let me, you know, do this, this procedure that, and they're like, Peggy, you can do whatever you want. Like they trust me. So I really go all out to build a relationship with patients before I even start. And that gets me to another way a patient does come in the clinic. If they don't have this virtual consult, they do come in and they have what's called the new patient experience. And it's just an appointment where they get to know us. So I've basically replaced it a little bit now with doing the virtual consults because of the COVID restrictions. It's a little harder to get as many people in the clinic. But that has worked extremely well for me. And I'm the only dentist around that I know of that's doing it. So a lot of dentists will, you'll call and, you know, you'll say, you know, I'd like to have to become a new patient. And they'll say, yeah, well, we'll book you for a cleaning first. Well, that's one of the most potentially painful things because there's no anesthetic um, and people have been in for a long time. They know they haven't and they're afraid. So they might not even show up to that appointment. But if you said, you're just going to come in and get to know us, that's a little different. And so I think that whole building relationships first is crucial to build any business, good business. You know, if you're selling something like a teeth cleaning up front, there's cash, 
involved and people think, well, you know, if a percentage of those become this and then I'm going to do, and it makes sense like a value ladder, right? A value ladder for, for those of you who don't know what that is, is it's, it's a pricing structure. So you're coming in and you're offering A and then you're offering B and it's a bit more and C and it's a bit more. And, and as you ascend them up the value ladder, you make more revenue per client. But that's a sh- sort of short to medium term based thing because you burn a lot of people in that way. Whereas going down the relationship focused way, you're looking at a lot greater client retention uh, and conversion into anything you offer them anyway. And so you end up with a higher lifetime value of clients long-term because they stick around. And if you're doing it right, you're sending them into different offers and they're going to need you over the long-term. So it's not about the next, you know, three weeks, three months. It's about the next three years, 30 years of how do I continue to be the provider for this person and serve them long-term because that relationship building results in tangible amounts of revenue from referrals and word of mouth and just general connection in your community. So definitely, I think that that's the best way of doing it. Let me ask you, where are you getting most of your kind of guidance at the moment? Like who are three people that you're following uh, that you're learning a lot from at the moment? Oh my goodness. I have so many people. I am voracious. I devour all kinds of information uh, about how to be a better leader, a better businesswoman, how to be a better dentist. So it could honestly come from anywhere and everywhere, including podcasts, by the way. I love podcasts. Obsessed. I listen to at least one or two a day. So Amy Porterfield, I really like her a lot. I'm actually considering even developing digital courses. Uh, have you heard of Amy Porterfield? Yeah. You have? Okay. I really love her. I have a coach that I have been working with for literally only not even six months. Uh, Alison LaCourcier. She is a life coach and a business coach. Um, and we met in Las Vegas last fall at a uh, Invisalign summit. And then when everybody was like shut down in April, I saw that she was offering a course and I thought, well, you know, my team and I were really not doing a whole lot. Let's just see what she can do for us. And she's been incredible, incredible in helping me, you know, make sure I got back on my feet very quickly when we reopened and uh, along with, you know, a lot of hard work and a great team, but uh, she really, really has helped me. And I've always been obsessed with Gary Vee. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I do have to take him with a grain of salt sometimes because, you know, but I think, I think there's a lot. I love how, again, he just says it like it is. I'm a little bit like that, but, uh, yeah, I love him as well. And then in dentistry, you know, there's digital smile design. He's from Brazil and his whole family, they're involved with digital smile design. Their home uh, base now is in Spain, in Madrid. Dr. Miguel Stanley, he's also a pretty famous dentist. Uh, he has the White Clinic in Portugal. Uh, he's, again, just loves to think about doing dentistry in a very responsible way, but giving the patients above and beyond the experience. So, yeah. you know, just, I could go on, really. <laughs> I don't want to, um, but... Yeah. Last question. What is one thing healthcare business owners can do this week to grow their businesses based on your experience? look in the mirror as a consumer or a client from the moment then they walk in their clinic. So I will come through the front door. I would try to pretend like an undercover boss. Now we don't need to make major changes and you can't do big changes overnight anyway. So why not start small? Just try to look at your leadership skills, pull your team, like see how they're feeling and then just sort of try and experience what it's like. That wouldn't take a whole lot of time, but you might be really surprised about what you find out. Again, thank you so much for coming on the show and um, you have a lovely rest of your day. 
thank you for having me, James. I really appreciate it. It's exciting to talk to you. And I'm so thrilled that you nail it. Like you really know what it is that really works. Nice to hear that you're, you're helping so many people that way too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.